Good morning. Good morning. As you already know, my name is Sandra Jimenez, and I'm um, so happy to be here this morning with you all. And um, I just going to briefly talk a little bit about my life and how we <laughs> got to be here. So, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> how many of you uh, have been here for the past 22 years? One, two, three, four, well, thank you. 22 years ago, my family and I were members of this congregation. Um, so, and that was during the time of Pastor John Flint and, and under his leadership, he uh, opened the doors for us, for my husband. He invited my husband to begin Hispanic ministry here. And we were only here for like less than a year. Then my husband was a preacher in um, San Luis, Mexico for the Iglesia Metodista. And when he transferred his credentials, they, they sent him to Douglas, Arizona. So that was 20, 20 years ago. And then, so we have, back then we had two children. Our eldest one is Christian and he was um, nine years old. And but now he's 29. He has two children and he lives in Denver, Colorado. Our daughter was um, seven years old. Her name is Aline. She got married last month and she now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. She's currently working for United Methodist Communications. And we um, then we moved to Wisconsin and we have a son who was born in Wisconsin and he's 14, he's single living with us too. So we are back after 20 years and it is, I'm so happy to be here. And I haven't seen uh, Pastor John Flint, but I heard that he had to stay home. So we will be praying for him. Um, last year, um, I was ordained elder in the Mountain Sky Conference. So a lot of things had happened in this past 20 years. And thank you for listening to my 20 year life summary. I also want to acknowledge, oh, my husband is not here this morning because he's at Fort Yuma, um, but I do have, my sister, Tere, she's my oldest sister, who's here with her three daughters and one granddaughter. So thank you for being here this morning. Pastor John's on Zoom. He can see it. He is. <laughs> Pastor John, I hope you and we all can hope, go and have lunch together one of these days. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the scripture for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15 verses 11 and 12. This is a very well-known passage, so I will not read the whole thing because it will be integrated in the message. <clears throat> and read, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the state. So he divided his property between them. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for all your blessings and for the opportunity that you have given me to be here this morning. We praise your name for this beautiful day and for the people who are here. We also pray for those who are uh, joining us via Zoom or who will be um, via um, live stream and for those who will be joining us later. 
We pray for the United States of America as we remember the victims of September 11th. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of Queen Elizabeth II and for the new King of England and the governmental changes that will take place in the following months and years to come. We pray for Pastor Mike and this congregation and for Allison and her husband. And we give you thanks for listening to us and for your presence at this place, Holy Spirit. Amen. So you all heard my life summary for the past 20 years, but let me start by asking you a few questions. Has your life ever been published? Do you think your life is ever going to be published? I do not think that prodigal son ever thought his life will be published either. But here we are, thousands of years later, remembering his story one more time. In Luke uh, chapter 15, we find three parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son. These three parables responding, responded the gossiping of the Pharisees and scribes found in verse one, when they said that Jesus received sinners and even ate with them. Jesus used parables to teach us about the character and nature of God the Father. And I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus used parables to teach us about the character and nature of God the Father. In this opportunity, during Jesus uses the example of a family with three main characters to teach the scribes and Pharisees that the love of the Father goes beyond human logic and reasoning. So let us briefly analyze these three characters from this parable of the prodigal son. First, the father. The father was loving and kind and recognized the freedom of choice that his children had. The father represents God who loves us and allows us to use free will. But he also represents Jesus who gave his life for us. The oldest son, he was a faithful hard worker who physically never left the house of the father. He represents the scribes and Pharisees of the times of Christ. And these are the religious leaders who made sure that everything was fulfilled in detail, but their hearts were away from God. So there was nothing wrong with making sure that everything was fulfilled in detail. It was about the intentions of their heart. So the oldest sons also represent Christians whose hearts are full of resentment and who are not happy when others receive forgiveness and mercy from God. 
And the third family member is the youngest son. He was curious, adventurous, and impatient. He did not seem to worry about working hard, but rather spend time um, wondering what might be like happening on the other villages beyond the limits of his father's property. He also wondered what his life would be like if he could only be independent and his own person. The younger son represents all the men and women of all ages and nationalities who have distanced themselves from God, but come to realize that outside the father's house is sadness, disappointment, loneliness, vanity, lies, and physical and spiritual hunger. And yet, the father in the parable knew his two sons well. He also knew that when the youngest son asked for his part of the inheritance, the father will give it to him. During Jesus' time, and even in today's time, it is painful when a child leaves home, but it is an insult to ask for part of an inheritance when the father or mother still is alive. Let me ask you something. Do you think parents know their children? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Do parents see their children's behavior or attitudes coming before they happen? Sometimes. Do you think they feel they are hurt once they see their children executing their bad, bad decisions? I know my children. And better yet, God, as our Heavenly Father, knows each one of us. The Father of this parable knew his children. He knew his son was young and without life experience. Therefore, I want to say that he knew that once his son had wasted everything, and learn on his own, he was going to come back. Verse 20 says that while the son was still far away and on his way home, the father was filled with compassion for his son. What a wonderful moment that must have been. What great joy the father must have felt to see his son return. I do not know how this father recognized his son from far afar. I don't know the age of the father. It might be that the father was 60, 70, or 80 years old. But one thing I know, the father had very good eyesight. His heart did not deceive him when he looked at his son far from afar. His son was not the same young man who had left home. I can imagine that the young uh, man's physical appearance looked frowny and filthy. He was most likely stinking, 
barefooted, with clothes not worthy of a son of the house. But the father looked at him and began to run towards his son. And I, uh, we have seen a lot of pictures that portray the, 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 the parable of the prodigal son, but I saw one online that is just the father running, the father in action, the love of the father in action running toward his son. Similarly, our heavenly father watches us from afar. Not because he moves away from us, but because we move away from him. And he is waiting for the moment we get closer to him. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. When the young man approached the father, the father approached him and ran to him and hugged him. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 18, we learn that the law required that every stubborn and rebellious son should be stoned. Therefore, the father was on constant watch for his son, and when he saw him, he ran to his son to protect him from being stoned by the people. The father recognized his son before the others could recognize him. When the son arrived before his father, he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am not longer worthy to be called your son. In this verse, we can uh, uh, say that this young man felt pain and recognized his fault. Therefore, he was ready to return home. He no longer wanted to return as a son, but as a servant. When the father embraces him, he recognizes him as a son and returns him to his place at home. He embraces him as a symbol of restoration and restitution. The son reconciles with the father and the father does not care that the son comes home dirty with the smell of pigs. The father knew that his son was in his senses, acknowledging his wrong decisions and knowing that he could find love and forgiveness in the house of his father. In verses 22 and 23 of Luke chapter 15, we learn that the father asked the servants to do several things. But the father said to his servants, and, and, read, and I'm going to read it. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. The father asked that his son to be dressed as he is worthy. The father returns the dignity that the son has lost. In the same way, when we come to Christ, repentant of our fault, he gives us back our dignity and righteousness as children of God. The father also asks for them to put a ring on his hand. The father, um, the ring is a symbol of authority. 
The father returns to the son the authority and respect that he had lost. Brothers and sisters, it is easy to lose authority. But God gives us that power and authority as his children. And he also asked that to bring him some shoes and put the shoes on his feet. At that time, the children wore shoes, only the slaves went barefoot. And this young man was no longer a slave to his own desires, but had already been free. Our Heavenly Father sets us free from sin and evil when we come to him. Jesus said that he gave us life in abundance. And finally, the father asked that they bring the fat calf and that they have a feast because his son who was lost has been found. <clears throat> Unfortunately, not everyone at home was happy or in the mood to celebrate. The oldest son was annoyed that his brother had wasted all his money and was now back and received with all the honors of a well-behaved child. But the father who loved the son who was gone as much as the one who was at home looks for his oldest son, hoping to tag some sense into him. My friends, God is always on the lookout for those who move away from home, as well as for those who never leave home. God wants us to have a thankful heart that celebrates when a sinner repents. God doesn't want to celebrate without us. He wants us all to go to his party. And I have the feeling that this parable leaves us with a suspense because it doesn't tell us if the older son understood the joy of the father um, or not. Although yes, our, our financials accounts are important, it is much more important to be in accounts with God. It is more important to come to God repentant and willing to receive his forgiveness and restoration. Since Luke doesn't give us an ending to his parable, I will propose three possible endings. The first possibility is that this parable had a happy ending. The oldest son understood the joy that the father felt when his son returned home and entered the party and welcomed his younger brother with pleasure and they all celebrated together. The second possibility is that the oldest son was still angry with the father and did not go into celebrate with the father. Some scholars have gone further and believe that the eldest son might have been so angry with his father that he might have killed him. Remember that the eldest son represents the scribes and Pharisees who whispered against Jesus because he shared the table with sinners. The scribes and Pharisees could not understand how Jesus loved and lived with sinners. 
And the third possibility is that Luke left it for us to decide the rest of the story. Who do we identify with? Are we like the oldest son? Or are we like the youngest son? What are we going to do when our younger brothers and or sisters come to seek God's presence after they have wasted their lives, energy, and resources? What are we going to do when our brothers and sisters who look different than us or speak a different language come seeking for their father's love and forgiveness? Jesus said that the healthy did not need a doctor. Some people think that they are so holy that they do not need God's forgiveness. But if we recognize that we have done wrong, if we recognize that we have sinned, then we do need the mercy, forgiveness, and restoration that only God offers through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Independently of how, who you relate to most in this parable, let me tell you that God will continuously pursue you because he loves you. Whether you identify with the older son or the younger one, God doesn't walk away from us. We might walk away from God. But as soon as we decide to turn around, he is already there waiting for us. My invitation for you this morning is to let us accept his love and leave out our calling as children of God who have been forgiven. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and mercy for us. Thank you for giving us a heart with the ability to acknowledge our faults to feel pain for our wrongdoing and for the desire to come to you knowing that we will find your forgiveness. We pray for our lives and for our children and for the children of our children. We embrace you with love and forgiveness as we walk out of your house of prayer this morning. Help us to share your love with others. Amen.